welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Happy Wednesday! Before my mom and dad share, I wanted to give a quick review of Acts 9. Saul becomes a believer. But before he did, he hunted down Christians and killed them. On his way to Damascus, Jesus appeared to him and asked him, Why are you hurting me? Saul was blind for three days. God told Ananias to go and pray for Saul. But he was scared because he heard that Saul murdered Christians. But Ananias obeyed God and prayed for Saul. Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit. As Saul told people about Jesus, Jews wanted to kill him, and many Christians were scared of him. Still, the church grew. Meanwhile, Peter healed a disabled man named Aeneas and raised a dead woman named Tabitha to life. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Kirby, for giving us a recap. Now Mm -hmm. we'll dive in and unpack the rest of the chapter. Yes. All right, so Acts 9, here we are. Acts 9. One of the things that stands out to me, just kind of looking back at the Mm -hmm. chapter, is obviously who Saul was and who he becomes. Um, Yep. All the persecution of the Lord's church is under Saul's, it's under Saul's supervision and under his leadership. Mm -hmm. And what comes to my mind is like what he says in Philippians, Philippians chapter three, he's like reminiscing on how he's a... Hebrew of Hebrews, and he studied under certain people, and how he memorized the Old Testament and came from you know the tribe of Benjamin and all these things. Okay, and he says he's the one who killed and persecuted the Lord's church because mm-hmm. we have things in our life, if we're being honest, that we regret mm-hmm. and bring shame and guilt, um, and probably a whole other host of emotions. Sure. But he met lords, so he's obviously like understanding he's forgiven the Lord's using him. But there's still got to be like looking back, going, oh, well, just the pain, the reality of the pain, just the like, pain. Wow, and, and yeah, God can redeem it. The Lord is good, but just still, this understanding, like what he did and how how hard that was for so many people, it just it's just still baffling when it comes back to like understanding God's grace. Yeah, like who he can use and what what he's doing here. It's just wild. Yeah. And not just use, you know, for like a little bit or use for a small amount of time or use for no big deal. Like it's the total opposite of that. Kind of like the, the depth that he was kind of working against the Lord. Like Mm -hmm. it's like equal and above and beyond uh, where he was working for the Lord after being redeemed. And, yeah. that, and so I think, well, first of all, before we move on, I think that's actually a good spot to stop and even just consider in our own story. Like, I, I mean, man, when you talk to folks, when you sit in your own pain and your own story, I think sometimes we can extend people forgiveness, but it is hard to dig into this stuff and accept forgiveness oh yeah you know forgive yourself that's sometimes the most difficult thing to do exactly and so i think just just verbatim looking at what's going on here with saul and then now his transformation to paul to look at like whoa if lord jesus christ can Mm -hmm. can really forgive and accept and love and call 
you know, saw his child. Well, the, the truth is for you too. And the truth is for me too. Yeah. And so just, you know, accepting that, that's good. Yeah. Right away in verse two, shifting yeah. kind of the focus for a moment from Saul to the Christians. Okay. It says he asked for letters from the synagogues at Damascus. So he could, if he found anyone belonging to the way men or women, mm-hmm. he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So the way again was, mm-hmm the church it was mm-hmm. the group of christians it was the believers and i love that they're called the way mm-hmm. because sometimes christianity can become some conceptual mm. way of thinking just doctrine theology memorization books study and not like what you do with it not your life Ooh. it's not implementing it and so the way mm-hmm. is like a way of living right and that was just a friendly reminder that this is the beginning. These are like the OG yeah. Christians here. <laughs> yeah. And they're called the way. Mm-hmm. And so that's a reminder for me to reexamine what do I think and believe? Mm-hmm. And is that translating into the way I live my life? Right. The way. Well, I mean, another thinking about that is too, if, if, if it's not some philosophical thing, then it's probably definitely, you know, a physical location, just like Christianity, you know, today or like church. Yeah. Like, no, that's what, that's where it is. And, and it's those people or it's, at, it, I love that too. The description of the way it's actually, mm-hmm. you know, this, yeah. this way, this is the way. This is the way Mandalorian. <laughs> so you transition and he is heading now um, to Damascus. He's heading on the road and the Lord meets him. Right. And the Lord speaks to him, mm-hmm. Saul, Saul, why are mm-hmm. you persecuting me? And I love when it, the Lord repeats a name, it invokes that deep emotion where he says, Ooh. Martha, Martha. Yeah, yeah, that's good point. Jesus. Or Jerusalem, Jerusalem, mm. as he looks upon the city, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm. And this, this blows my mind just thinking about this. It doesn't say it explicitly mm-hmm. in scripture anywhere, but there's a really good chance that Saul overheard Jesus teaching. In Jerusalem at some right. point in time. Just and there's a really in. good chance because he is so high up. He is probably in the Sanhedrin when they went through this bogus trial. When of it Jesus. was all going down. Yeah. Yeah. Saul had probably That's been in the same room as him mm-hmm. and condemned him. Mm-hmm. And then now here he is face to face with the living God again. Yeah, it's him. like, wow. Mm. Talk about like an epic movie scene there. And this is real. <clears throat> this is real. So then. Um, Saul meets God, or better yet, God meets Saul. He comes to reveal yeah. himself to him. He's sent to meet this man named Ananias mm-hmm. at Damascus who's going to help him out. Mm-hmm. I'm just blown away by, again, the, the grace of God and the courage of Ananias because I can totally resonate with yeah. his um, second guessing, like, God, <laughs> are you? Are we doing this for real? Okay, let like, me just pack up my... Uh, this guy <laughs> is murdering your people. And you want me to in my <laughs> invite him into my house? Like, this <laughs> crazy know. talk. But there are the, I think there are those people in our life, uh, so kudos to you, Ananias, that we're, that we're scared to death to, to share the gospel with. Oh, 100%. And sometimes it might be the people who are actually closest to you. Yeah. Maybe it's your family members. Maybe it's someone mm. who's in authority over you. Mm-hmm. But we have to ask God to, to give us his eyes to see people as he does. Mm-hmm. Because who knows what God it wants to do in and through the people around us, especially yeah. people who were straight up against mm-hmm. Jesus. And so I'm just thinking through people I've bumped into and invited church and been rejected and maybe kind of given up or forgotten about. Mm. I, you know, some extended family and old friends of just like, ah, oh, they're not following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, I should keep praying for them. 
and continue to be bold because maybe God's going to do something crazy. You know what, too? I feel like in my own sin, I read that next like appeal of the Lord to Ananias at the end where he's like, go, this is verse 15. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. Um, the people of Israel will show him how much he must suffer for my name. <laughs> and maybe Ananias was like, yeah, okay, I'll go now because right, he's going to suffer. Right, you're going to make him feel it? All right, I'll go. <laughs> so, you know, it, anyway, um, I know that I resonated could, with I me too. I could see that's a fleshly response. No, <laughs> but really, yeah, like seeing him. And, and you know what though? I love what Ananias said. He wrestles with the Lord because he just says, I've heard before this in verse 13, um, Lord, Ananias answers, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he's done. So he's kind of like, he's bringing himself and the complaint back to God. Yeah. You know, sometimes in our own wrestling, we'll just kind of keep that pocket it, button it up and uh, just not go back to God with it at all. Yeah. Anyway. And so I like that Ananias just continues the conversation and, and brings a lament and concern and complaint to God. And then God answers him. And then guess what? Obedience, <laughs> obedience still plays out. And so uh-huh. that's a, a message for us for sure. So from there, then Saul's ministry kind of gets started. He, his scales fall from his eyes so he can yeah. see. And then verses like 20 through kind of 31, he's going to the synagogues. He's preaching. Yeah. He's teaching. It says in verse 20, immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. And yeah. all who heard him were amazed and said, is this not the man who made havoc in Jerusalem mm-hmm. of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul Mm. increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. And so what's so interesting for me to read in verses 20 to 31 before Mm -hmm. you transition to Peter is that God totally used his past to allow him to become a way better version of himself in the present and in the future of like who who Saul slash Paul needed to become for God's mission. Okay, break that down more. Like, he memorized the Old Testament. He right. had all of it memorized. He, he understood the prophecies. Mm-hmm. He understood exile. Mm-hmm. He understood the Messiah was coming from certain lines. He understood the Psalms. He memorized them. And when he was able to have this encounter with God and understand that Jesus Christ really is the Lord, all those years and thousands of hours right. of studying and meditating and praying come to fruition that allow him to outduel pretty much anybody right. he comes up against explaining exactly. the scriptures better than them so i'm i'm just i'm gonna let's i'm gonna pretend i'm listening to the podcast and yeah. i'm like wait a second if he was studying and he was praying and he was doing all this stuff why was he persecuting the church well all these people were so hard-hearted thinking that maybe the the savior was going to come was yes. maybe or we're going to overthrow Rome right. or was going to look different or maybe sound different and maybe a little more militant and so when Jesus came preaching the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of God turning your cheek to the one who slapped you and right. going the extra mile and giving them their tunic they're like time out this mm-hmm. is not the guy who's supposed to come save us this this can't be the messiah and so just straight up hard heartedness too. On top of that, a refusal to really look at the scriptures objectively to see, oh my, yes. like Jesus really is checking all the boxes yes. from all these prophecies from the tribe of Judah, town of Bethlehem, the Virgin, um, all these things. And Even- so that is like you just said. That is such a deep reference for people. So like the disciples at the time, apostles, like when they're scared, looking at who Paul Saul was now Paul. 
that is his sincerity of conversion lies in verse 20 with how he says that Jesus is the son of God. Yeah. And so because of his background, because of his knowledge, because of, you know, what he's studied and what he knows in the new test or sorry, in the old Testament scriptures, he's able to completely flesh out now because so in verse 20 at once at once after he's converted, he began to preach in the synagogues, like Clark said, yeah. that Jesus is the son of God. Mm-hmm. And so he's totally, like Clark's saying, bringing it full circle, saying like, it, he is the guy. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. I didn't think it, but now I think it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so when I'm thinking about this and thinking about you listening, I'm wondering, what in your past does God want to use to give glory to his name today and going forward? Like you have skill sets. Maybe there's a network of people that you know and are connected with that Mm -hmm. you can connect to church or share Jesus with or encourage or figure out how to do missions at another level. I don't know. But Jesus totally uses Saul's background, the parts, even the parts of his background that were not so good to encourage the church, to grow the church, to model God's grace, to boast about his weakness these kind of things. Right. And, and so, so I want to, yeah. well, I want to highlight that even more, a little bit more, because literally a whole entirely new sect of the church becomes the church because of God and what he did through Saul's conversion. Yeah. And so if you read verse 31, it sounds like this, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit and it grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. Compare that, what that says right there, to chapter six, verse seven, which says this. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a number of priests became obedient to faith. Hmm. Do you hear the lands that were said there, Judea, Galilee, and Samaria? Those are because of Saul's conversion to Paul. Yeah. Because he is not the insider. He's he's the insider that was the insider, but was an outsider. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah. made Anyway, so just interesting to see those little factoids in there, just geographically, how the gospel mm. revival is spreading through persecution, yes, through Holy Spirit fire, using new people of faith to reach new people. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the Great Commission, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the yes. earth. Yes. It's like this has already happened and is, again, a, somewhat of a model for us today to keep telling people about Jesus, whether mm. it's the people in our own city, our own neighborhood, the state next door or the country next door or on the other yeah. side of the world. That's powerful. So what happens now in the rest of chapter nine, mm-hmm. like Kirby kind of explained earlier, <laughs> the, the the camera shifts its focus from Saul to Peter. Mm-hmm. And Peter gets to experience some really cool ministry time where he is telling people about Jesus and healing folks. Mm-hmm. And so there's the yeah, healing of Aeneas. He's bedridden for eight years and paralyzed. Peter tells him, get up, Jesus wants to heal you, Mm -hmm. and he's healed, which is awesome. And then I love verses like 36 through 43. He goes and and talks to this person, Dorcas, um, or better also named Tabitha, who's (laughs) passed away. And what's so interesting to me about this portion, when when Peter goes there and sees all the widows and hears how great of a person Tabitha was, is that this is like reminiscing like what Jesus did. Yep. Like word for word, yes. action for action. Cause in Mark five, Jesus goes to heal the little girl. And mm-hmm. there are people who are like not believing and also people who, you know, were, were confused. And at that time you had to pay professional people to come and wail and mourn. It sounds oh, odd. We can unpack right. that another time, but <laughs> Jesus kicks them all out. 
Yeah, he's he like, says, get, get out, out of here. here. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. I got to I gotta heal this girl. He gets her up and says, give her something to eat. And so here, if you look at um, mm-hmm. Peter, verse 39, when he rose, he went with them. He arrived. He took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other mm-hmm. garments that Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. Mm-hmm. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. I don't know if those people were not believing like it was in Mark 5 with Jesus situation, but it seems that Peter is just simply copying right. what Jesus did. It's yep. like Jesus said, hey, I'm going to lead you watch. I'm going to lead you help. Now you're going to lead. And I'm going to help you. And now I'm going back up into heaven. You're leading. I'm sending mm-hmm. my spirit to, to empower you. Mm-hmm. Go. And so when we have opportunities to literally just copy what Jesus did, yeah, um, it sounds wild because Jesus did some wild things, but... That gives me, uh, I don't know, a little sense of urgency to to maybe take a risk and try something I haven't before. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of speaking of Jesus, asking for prayer, yeah, giving prayer, mm-hmm. seeking the Lord's healing, that kind of thing. So, yeah, cop- I'm going to copy what Jesus did. Love that. Okay, you guys, Acts chapter 9. Thanks so much for listening. Um, it's Wednesday night. Wednesday nights we have prayer at Emmanuel please come join us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's come and go. You're going to be blessed. Starts at seven. It's also online. Um, yeah, just a fun time to encounter the Lord there. It's hard sometimes to create space. So we just want to help you do that. Otherwise we'll be back with you Friday, Acts chapter 11. Thanks so much for listening. God bless you. God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.